Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Walking through the storms of life. So I want to start off the message in a, a very cheerful way. So who knows that you are going to go through some stuff, right? Yeah, we know. We're going to go through some stuff. We're going to go through some storms. What do I mean by storms? I'm talking about some obstacles, some trials. As long as we're living here on earth, we are. The truth is, no matter how we want to believe it, we're going to go through some stuff. Maybe you're going through something right now because we live in a broken world still. Our world has sin in it until Jesus Christ comes back. So we're going to go through some things. We're going to walk through some storms. God's going to help us through some storms. He is faithful. Amen. And that's what we're going to see today. So we're going to go through some stuff. Now, a storm in my life that happened recently, an obstacle, a trial that God walked me through. On Tuesday, a lot of you know, on Tuesday, May 22nd, a few months ago, a lot of you, you know this, I woke up in the morning on Tuesday, May 22nd, and a couple hours went by, and then all of a sudden, half my face just stopped working. You're like, what? I'm, no, I mean, literally, like this half, the right half of my face, it's, it didn't move. All of a sudden, I felt like a little bit of a pressure, and then boom, it was just locked in place. Couldn't smile, couldn't lift my eyebrow, couldn't blink. And I was like, what is going on? Like, came out of nowhere, wasn't expecting this, right? I'm like, oh, my face isn't working. So I called to my wife, Bianca. I'm like, Bianca, I'm like, my face isn't working. And she's like, good, you'll talk less. <laughs> I, I hope she thought I was kidding when I said that. And I was like, no, seriously, my, like, my face is not working right now. Like, and I, so I go in the room and I show her, and she's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. Literally, I have no idea. So <clears throat> I'm like, okay, so what should we do? And the both of us were just like, let's just wait it out. Let's see what happens. So we wait about, about an hour, and she's like, should we go to the hospital? I'm like, let's give it another hour. Then I'm like, okay, yeah, we need to go to the hospital. So we pack our stuff. We go to the hospital quick. And I thank God, though, that when this happened, and immediately, and I'll be honest, it was kind of scary, just to be real, because there was nothing that happened before then that would make me think this was going to happen. It was just, boom, out of the blue, out of nowhere. But I thank God that one of the first things that came to my mind were healing scriptures. Isaiah, 1 Peter 2.24, Matthew 8.17, Romans 8.11. And that's why it's so important when, when Pastor Joe or anybody's up here and we're speaking and we're saying, stay in the Word, stay in your Bible. We say that because you got to get it in your heart so when the storms actually come, you'll already have it in you. You'll be speaking it out. You won't have to run to it then. Now, I'm not saying don't run to it then. Run to it then. But if it's already in you, you'll, just, you'll know it. Boom, you'll start speaking it out. And I thank God that that was one of the first things that came to my mind. And it brought a lot of peace as we were going to the hospital. And so we go to the hospital and we go in the waiting room and they're like, what's the emergency? I'm like, I don't know. My face isn't working. As you can tell, I'm not blinking and I'm not, this not moving. And she's like, okay, well, let's, let's get it checked out. And they check some things just to make sure this didn't happen or that didn't happen. And then the, the doctor said, she said, you have Bell's palsy. You're diagnosed with Bell's palsy, but that's just a temporary paralysis of half your face. No big deal. So I'm like, okay, so that's awesome. So we go home and I'm like, okay, this is great. So what did I do? Well, prayed the scriptures. I had the hands laid on me, like it says in the word, to pray for healing, because Jesus says in 1 Peter 2.24, he took our healing at the cross, right? So was I healed in that moment that we prayed and hands were laid on me? <clears throat> yes. I was healed in the spirit realm. I was definitely healed. I was completely whole. Was it physically manifested yet here? No. My, my face was still the same. It was not moving. It was still the same, but I was healed, and I had to stand on that, and I had to stand on that in the storm. So I said to God, I said, oh, God, 
I don't know where this came, but I know I'm healed. And the doctors, you know, they, would, they told me, some doctors said it could be a few weeks, I said it could be a couple months, some said it could be a year. But I said, God, I know I'm healed. And one of the things that I was standing on was, I was in May, and in, I, our baby wasn't born yet, she was born in August. I said, when our baby's born, I will be able to smile, no matter what, and I stood on that. So I said, God, you didn't bring the storm, because God doesn't bring the storm on us. That's just because of the world we live in, but he will walk us through it. And sometimes when we go through something, we will come out better. We should, because I said, God, if I'm going to go through this, whatever it is, Lord, because I'm not going to lie to you, I could have easily, I had thoughts of like, okay, I just want to hide in my room. I don't want to come out until this is gone. But I said, no, God, you're going to bring me through this. I will come out of this better than when I went into it. And by that, I mean, I will know who I am more in Christ. I will know God's faithfulness in my life more. So I said, God, you're going to walk me through this storm. And that's what he did. And I'm going to be honest with you. God can take anything and bring good out of it. So I'm going to find some good out of this. And I did. I remember that night, the first night, that Tuesday, we came home and we were laying in bed. And I'm not going to lie, it was weird because I had to tape my eyes shut, which was the weirdest thing because it wouldn't shut. I couldn't even do it. I had to have my wife do it because every time I'm like, ah, you know, but anyway, you have to, I had to tape my eyes shut. So my eyes taped shut. I can't even see Bianca out of this eye. So I like turn around, I look at her and I'm thinking to myself, and I see her, and I'm being honest, I, saw, and I almost started tearing up because I'm looking at her and I've, I started seeing things differently. I started seeing what was really important in life. I see her and at the time she was pregnant, I'm thinking my love for her is so great. And I started lining up my priorities even a little bit more. I started seeing life in a different way. I started being appreciative of more things. I started honestly appreciating people more. I started living life in a little bit of a slower way, not physically moving slower, but not thinking so much, not <clears throat> overthinking, not my mind racing, because that's how I normally am. My mind is racing. One thing I noticed is normally when I talk to people, and if I've done this to you before, I'm really sorry. If I'm really busy, I'm talking to them, and then I see somebody, and my mind's like, okay, I got to go talk to them. I got to tell them something. I got to go talk to them. I got to tell them something. Don't look at me like nobody does this. <laughs> All right? But it started helping me because when I would talk to somebody, they had my full attention now. I was honestly appreciating people more. I was just living, a, I was going, living a slower life, more appreciative. It helped me see things in a new way. And when I came out of that, praise God, now I did. I completely smiled when my daughter was born, but I came out stronger. I feel like I came out a different person. God walked me through it. He was faithful. And I learned some things. And God, what, what the enemy tried to use for bad, God used for good in my life. And he will do that for all of us because we are all going to go through something. Pastor Joe, our lead pastor, he says it all the time. You're either probably going through something right now, a trial, a storm, you or you just came out of something, or something's coming up. It's kind of like a cycle, to be honest. Until Jesus comes back, we're going to have storms. But God is always faithful in the storm. But the question I have is this. When those storms or when those obstacles come up in life, how do we react to that? How do we respond to that? Because I'm going to be honest with you. It could be easy to respond in fear, to respond in anger, to respond in doubt and start doubting God. And you know, sometimes people, when they say the word doubt, people cringe. Doubting sometimes isn't bad as long as you're pushing into God and pressing into him more. As long as you're pressing into him more, it's not bad. He will show you things. Or sometimes we take a position of this is never going to get better. But how do we react and respond? And I want to look at this scripture and what the Bible says in Isaiah 43. In Isaiah 43, Isaiah the prophet, he is speaking to God's people. God is speaking through him, and he's speaking to God's people. And it says, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, says, do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. 
When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you are precious to me. You are honored and I love you. In life, in the storms, you know, we've never been promised that we will have all the answers. Or we've never been guaranteed that God will show us everything or he would always explain everything. There are going to be some things that we won't know why until we get to heaven. But the one thing God promises us is we see here, he will always be with us. He will always be with us in the storm. And we're going to see in some instances when there is a storm, a trial in life, sometimes when that comes, and remember, God doesn't bring the storm. That's just because of the world we live in. But when that storm comes, sometimes he will stop the storm. Sometimes he will walk you through it. But remember this. Sometimes he'll stop it. Sometimes he'll walk you through it. But never will the storm be allowed to take you out because of the promises we have in the word of God. I want to look at Mark chapter 4. We're going to look at a couple instances of some people going through some storms, some trials. We're going to start with Mark chapter 4. We're going to see the disciples going through a storm. Literally, they were going through a storm. And it says, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? You know, to go back really quick, and this is Mark chapter 4. If you read the, the gospel of Mark, you'll see chapters 1 through 3. Jesus was already doing amazing things. He was healing people. He was delivering people. The disciples saw this. They were walking with him, living life with him. And now, what happens? A storm comes up. And how did they react and how did they respond? Teacher, do you even care about us? We're going to drown. They started being fearful. And we, and we can honestly get like that. They're, Jesus, do you even care for us? We're, I, I just seen you heal people. I've seen you deliver people. I've seen you do miracles. And now the storm's coming in my life. Jesus, do you even care about us? And what does Jesus do? He got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus stops the storm and prays God for the miracle. The wind ceased immediately. He stopped the storm immediately. The disciples didn't have to endure any difficulty. But we all know sometimes it always doesn't play out like that, right? Sometimes it's always when we're going through something, it's not just boom, instant. It's just gone. We know that's not how it always is. So I want to look at the book of Daniel now. And Daniel and his friends Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're being held captive by King Nebuchadnezzar. Got it. They're being held by King Nebuchadnezzar. And they're going through, you want to talk about walking through some storms or going through some trials. So these three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the king Nebuchadnezzar puts out a decree. And he says, when you hear the instruments playing, he built a gold statue of himself. You were to bow down and worship me, worship that statue. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, we aren't going to do that. We are only going to bow down and worship the one and true God, our living, the living God, our God. We won't do that. And he says, you're not going to do that. We're going to throw you into the fiery furnace. We're going, to, we're going to kill you. They said, that's fine. We are not going to bow down to any other God. So we're going to pick up 
in verse 22 in chapter 3. They got a trial on their hands now, and it says, Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the flames were so hot, the furnace was so hot that it literally killed the people that were throwing them into the furnace. And it says, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst. We know that was Jesus with them. Walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together. And they saw these three men on whose body the fire had no power. I love this. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not even on them. Let's be honest. Sometimes the real miracle when you're going through a storm is that God grabs you by the hand and walks you through it. And we see this here with them. He walked them through it. He delivered them from the fiery furnace. I truly believe, it doesn't necessarily say it, but I believe that these three men had to know Isaiah chapter 43, the one that we read where it says, when you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. Because if you go into verse 17 of Daniel, when they told them, when the king told them that, they said, throw us in the fire. We're not going to get burned up. We'll be fine. They believe that because the thing I want you to get here is this. The key of every, the key is to maintain a position of faith as we walk through the storm. When you're going through a trial, when you're going through a storm, the key is to maintain a position of faith, to take that position and maintain it. Because whether you want to believe it or not, you, when something comes up in your life, a storm, when you're going through a storm, you are going to take a position whether you like it or not. If it's not one of faith, it's probably going to be a fear, of anger, of worry, of doubt, whatever it may be, you're going to take a position but take a position of faith. These men took a position of faith. They knew that they would not burn up. They knew that God would be there. They knew, and they said, we are not going to bow down to this false idol. Take a position of faith. So when we take that position of faith, when you're going through a storm, you're going through a trial, and you take that position of faith, how do we maintain that position of faith now through the storm? How do we maintain it? I have two ways that I believe that we can maintain a position of faith through the storm, and this is something that I've seen in my own life. The first one is extremely important. When you're going through something, when God is walking you through something, you need to watch your self-talk. Your self-talk is so important. What do I mean by that? I mean, what are you speaking? Because, you know, everything starts with a thought. Almost everything, it starts with a thought. We start thinking things, right? You know, when somebody does something, it normally they didn't just think thinking that morning, I'm going to go do this today. I'm talking about like, you know, whatever it may be. They're, that's something they've been thinking in their minds or contemplating for days, for weeks, for months, maybe even for years. But when we start speaking it, that's when it gives it power. You know, when I was going through the Bell's palsy, I'm not going to lie to you. After one week, when I looked at myself in the mirror and nothing changed, even though I knew I was healed, I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm seeing there's no movement, there's still tightness, I'm not going to, thoughts are going through my head like, is this going to get better? When my baby comes, will I be able to smile? 
Those thoughts were coming, but I immediately had to get rid of them and replace them with what the word of God said, and I needed to start speaking that. I would go around my house saying, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. I'm completely healed. I'm restored. I had scriptures, those scriptures I was said in Isaiah, the healing, 1 Peter 2.24. I had them in sticky notes on my refrigerator, on my mirror in the bathroom, and I would just speak those scriptures over myself again and again. You need to watch yourself talk. Whatever trial you're going through, you sometimes I feel like we, we, we could talk ourselves out of blessing easily. You know, if you're going through a financial struggle, if that's your storm right now, you need to watch your self-talk, because I've done this. How many times is it easily you go, I'll never be able to pay this bill. We'll never be able to afford that. Or maybe your storm is something within you. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's depression. I'm always going to be this way. I'll always be depressed. You need to watch your self-talk. Maybe your storm, maybe you're waiting for a kid to come, you're one of your kids to come back to Christ. Watch your self-talk. They're not going to come. No, no, they are going to come back. You need to watch what you're saying. And I'm going to be honest with you, whether this sounds harsh or not. If you have friends and they're speaking negatively to you about your situation, stop hanging out with them. Start surrounding yourself with people that are going to lift you up, that are going to speak over your situation, that are going to speak life into your situation, that are going to speak God's word into your situation. You need to watch yourself talk. The second one is this, and this is another important way how we stay in faith. And I want to read Joshua 1.9. God is talking to Joshua here. Joshua is just taking over from Moses. And God says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Andrew Womack, he's an amazing Bible teacher, amazing speaker. He's written amazing books. It's helped me so much. And he said to say this about this topic, about this verse. He said, here, the Lord was speaking to Joshua, who was taking over for Moses, a hard act to follow. He told Joshua to be strong and of good courage and not to be afraid or dismayed. These are opposing forces. If you are afraid and dismayed, then you are not strong and of good courage. They counteract each other. So you've got to do two things and resist two things. So what he's saying there is you can't be strong and of good courage and be afraid and dismayed. You need to do two and then push the other two aside. You need to push the other two aside. They're, op they're opposing forces. So what are you going to do? The word dismayed, it means to fill with dread or apprehension, to fall to pieces. So how do you keep yourself from falling to pieces? Well, it's right there in the verse when God says, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We would say today, if we're saying it, it's God's got your back. Say to the person next to you, say, God's got you. God's got you. You got to be of strong and of good courage. So that brings me to my second point. How do you stay in faith? How do you maintain that position of faith in the midst of the storm? The first one was self-talk, watching what you're speaking. Second one is focus. What is your focus on? Going again to the scripture, was your focus being going to be on being strong and of good courage or being afraid and dismayed? What are you putting your focus on? I want to do a quick exercise, not physical exercise. I would not do that to myself this morning. We're going to do a quick exercise here, all of us. You're not going to have to get out of your seats. Don't worry. I'm going to give you a few seconds. What I want you to do is look around the room, just where you are, and notice three to five things. Specifically, look at three to five things that are red, okay? Go. Look, find three to five things that are red. If you're wearing a red shirt, I apologize. Everybody's going to be staring at you. Find three to five things that are red. All right, we all got it? For the most part, we're good. Three to five things you know that are red? Okay, awesome. Now stare at me. Don't take your eyes off me. I didn't wear anything red here on purpose. 
Eyes on me, and I'm going to ask you a very important question. What specific things did you see that were yellow? It's a little harder to answer, right? If I said, what did you see that was red, you had answers already. What's your focus on? So if the red is your fear, you're focusing on that. If yellow is your faith, you weren't looking at that, but it was always there. There's things in this room that are yellow. It's always been there. But what is your focus on? Now, your focus was on the red because I told you to look for things that are red. But in our life, you're going through something. There's a storm. You could put your focus on being afraid or doubting, or you could put your focus on your faith and what God's word says. Both are there, but you have to choose what you're going to focus on. They're both are always there. Because you're always going to have a chance to be scared or to doubt. It's just the truth. But you always will have a chance, too, to stand in faith on what God's word says. You have to pick where you put your focus. Because in the midst of the storm, storm, God's faithfulness is always there. Again, he doesn't bring on the storm. But when that storm comes, he will walk you through it. His faithfulness is there. We need to focus by fixing our eyes on Jesus in the storm. Our focus needs to be on Jesus. So are you fixing your eyes on Jesus, or are you fixing your eyes on your circumstances? Because that's, again, that's a choice that you'll have each and every day that you'll have to make. And fixing your eyes on Jesus, well, what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is fixing your eyes on Jesus is staying in the Word of God. It's praying daily, not just in the morning, just at night, praying throughout the day. Fixing your thoughts all throughout the day on God's Word. Fixing your eyes on Him, because Jesus will never leave us nor forsake us. And I want to read this scripture in, in Hebrews 13, chapter 5. I'm going to read the Amplified Version. I love this. It says, Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and gravity for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down, relax my hold on you, assuredly not. That's good news. You know, throughout the years, when I go through some obstacles, some storms in life, I always have this picture of, of, of God standing next to me. I always have a picture of Jesus standing next to me. And then he just walks about 20 yards out, straight ahead from me. And he's saying to me, like, okay, we're going through this. You're not going through it alone. I'm with you. And fix your eyes on me straight ahead the entire time as you're going through this. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Definitely do not look behind you. Do not look behind you. Fix your eyes on me. Because when you're going through something and you're standing on God's word, you're standing on his promises and you're waiting for that answer and you're standing in faith, the enemy, trust me, he will throw things at you from the left, from the right, even from behind to try to distract you, to try to get your focus, to try to get your attention off of Jesus, to try to get your focus off of God's word and onto your circumstances and to what honor you're seeing in the natural. But you need to fix your eyes on Jesus straight ahead as you're going through this and he's going through it with you. You know, my daughter, Everest, she just turned a month a couple of days ago. She's amazing. And I wish she was here. I could have used her as a visual. But anyway, when I hold her, a lot of times I'm sitting on the couch and I just hold her. I put her on my lap and I hold her here and I'm just talking to her when she's awake and she's staring at me and I'm talking to her. She's grunting back at me. We're having a great conversation. But when I'm talking to her and I have her attention, she focuses, she fixes her eyes directly on me and her eyes get real big. She's like, she's staring at me and a pan could fall. She won't dart her eyes. 
whatever's going on, the TV's on, whatever, she won't look left, right. She just stays fixed on me when I'm talking to her. And we need to be like that with our Heavenly Father. It's fixing our eyes upon him, upon his son Jesus, upon the word of God, and not being distracted by our present circumstances. Even today, when you came to church, what did you come here focusing on? I've done it before. You come, through, you come to church, you're going through some stuff, and you can't even focus in worship because you're focus, focusing on your circumstances. The message is being preached, and you're just thinking about what you're going through. And you know what the thing we do? A lot of the times, just to be honest, people go, how are you doing? You're like, I'm great. I'm blessed. In the meantime, though, you feel like your life is crumbling. But when you come here, put your focus. When you come in here, when we worship, your focus is on Jesus Christ. Amen? Because the truth of the matter is this. Going back to those two stories. When Jesus delivered the disciples from the storm, the only people who knew about what happened were in the boat. No one on the shore cheered. The only praise God received was from the 12 disciples that were on the boat. Because maybe you're feeling discouraged. Maybe you're feeling like, Pastor Matt, I've been going through what I feel like is a storm for years or for a year, for months, whatever it may be. Well, first, God is with you. He's going to walk you through it. But maybe you're getting discouraged. But I want to read something. And look, we're going to go back to the book of Daniel. Because we see when Jesus appeared in the furnace and walked Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through their fiery trial, the entire Babylonian empire heard about it, and their king led them in praise. Remember, God can take anything and use it for good. So let's look at Daniel really quick. Chapter 3. Verse 28, and it says, Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have, and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should never not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. You know, a lot of times you're going, maybe you're going through something right now. God, you're, God's going to walk you through it. And you know what? One of the greatest things we can do when you come out of that is you can use that to go minister to other people that are going through that, and help them go through it as well. We see with Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, the entire Babylonian army ended up giving God praise, the empire. I want to share this story, though. It's in this book. It's an older book. A, Brian Chappelle wrote this book, and he shares his story in his book. It was called In the Grip of Grace. And it's a true story, a true account. And he writes in his book, he says, On August 16, 1987, Northwest Airlines Flight 225 crashed just after taking off from the Detroit airport, killing 155 people. One person survived, a four-year-old girl from Tempe, Arizona named Cecilia. News accounts say when rescuers found Cecilia, they did not believe she had been on the plane. Investigators first assumed Cecilia had been a passenger in one of the cars on the highway onto which the airliner crashed. But when the passenger register for the flight was checked, there was Cecilia's name. Cecilia survived because even as the plane was falling, Cecilia's mother, Paula Chicon, unbuckled her own seatbelt, got down on her knees in front of her daughter, wrapped her arms and body around Cecilia, and then would not let her go. Nothing could separate that child from her parents' love. 
Neither tragedy nor disaster, neither the fall nor the flames that followed, neither height nor death, neither life nor death. Such is the love of the Savior that we have. He came down from heaven to pay for our sins. And after reading this story, I just envision Jesus here. When we're going through something, he's just wrapping his arms around us saying, I'm with you, I'm walking you through this. Whatever it is, if you need healing, that sickness, I, it's off of your body, it's onto mine. I already took it at the cross. If you need peace, I'm here to give you peace. Whatever it may be, I am here with you to walk you through this. I will not, going back to Hebrews 13, 5, I will not, I will not, I will not leave you nor forsake you. That is the love of Jesus. He took us, he took everything we had. He took all of our sin on the cross. He went to the cross so we wouldn't have to. He allowed his body to be nailed to the wood instead of ours, his head pierced instead of ours. That is the love of our Savior. That is the love that gets us through the storm. That is the love that changes people. In Romans, I love this scripture about God's love. It's in Romans 8, 35 to 39, and the Apostle Paul writes this, and really quick about the Apostle Paul. You want to talk about some guy that went through some storms in life, right? He, he went through some stuff, trials, obstacles. He had to have known. I mean, he wrote about this. He knew God's love. And one thing I always going back to, what position are you going to take? One of faith or fear. The thing that just stands out to me is, and it hit me a couple of months ago as I was just thinking about it. The Apostle Paul, when he got locked up in prison, because he went to prison, right? He wrote a lot of the epistles from prison. He could have easily given up. He could have easily had fear, but instead of worrying, what did he do? He chose to write. And he wrote these epistles that we still read today, a lot of these. And he only could have done that because of the faith he had in God, in Jesus. Only could have done that. But I want to read Romans 8, 35, 39. And he says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I love in the New King James Version, it says, we are more than conquerors. And he goes, he says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky, above, or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. For anybody in here, if you're discouraged, you're going through a storm, this scripture gives us assurance of Christ's present and active love. That love that is still just as real today as it was when that was written. It is present, it is active at every moment in our life. And think about it, what Paul wrote, are there any, any causes of discouragement greater than the ones he mentioned? And if not, then we are never in this life separated from Christ's love. He made it very plain, he made it, made it very clear. Even in this storm, we can be more than conquerors and have victory. It says in the New King James Version, we are more than conquerors. And I, I looked up that word. I wanted to look up that word in the Greek, and what I mean by that is the original language it was written in when Paul wrote it. And that phrase, more than conquerors, the word for that is hooper nikao. From the word hooper, from that part, it means over and above. 
And from nikao, it's to conquer. So that word describes someone who is super victorious, who wins more than an ordinary victory, but who is overpowering and achieving abundant victory. It's not the language of conceit, but one of confidence. It's a language of faith, knowing that Christ's love conquered death, and because of his love, we are more than conquerors. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus in the storm. Because going back to it, we're going to go through some things. You might be going through something now. And I see it in my own life. A lot of the times when we're going through something, one of three things happen. One, and this is the, the, the saddest one, is some people, they, a storm comes, and honestly, they just, they just walk away from God. They start doubting, they just start walking away, and they walk away. Another one is, and, and this happened to me a lot, is we just pretend like everything's okay. We just pretend like nothing's happening. Anybody ever been there before? Again, how are you doing? Oh, I'm amazing. But what we need to do is, during the storm is press into God. Press into him. Start speaking his word over your situation. Fix your eyes on him the whole time. That is the savior that we have that will walk us through, Jesus. The one that will never leave us or forsake us. That is the savior that people need to hear about. Because there are so many people that are going through storms that if they don't have Jesus, all they're looking to is to the left, to the right, behind them. They're not fixing their eyes on anything. They don't know where to look. And we need to bring that message to them. So if you're going through something right now, if you're discouraged, watch yourself talk. What I want you to do is this challenge is when you go home, immediately when you go home, because you'll forget to do it, whatever you're, whatever you're going through, whatever your storm is that you're going through, maybe it's fear, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's financial, maybe it's, it's your health, whatever it may be, go in the word of God, find three to five scriptures, stand on them, write them down on sticky notes, put them in your house, fix your eyes on them, speak them over your life. Watch yourself talk, and then what's your focus on each and every day? Not just when you come to church on Sundays, putting your focus on God. Your focus needs to be on Jesus Monday to Sunday, every minute of the day, because every day you will have an opportunity to choose. Am I going to fix my eyes on Jesus, or am I going to fix my eyes on my circumstances? Fix your eyes on Jesus, and we need to tell people about this message. We need to tell people that there is a Savior that came for you, that there is a Savior that will walk you through anything that you're going through. And that his love is so great for you that he came down himself to purchase you. Remember, God can use anything for good. But when you're going through the storm, make sure you don't come out of it how you went into it. You come out of it even better. You come out of it knowing more who you are in Christ. You come out of it with your faith even greater in who God is and in his faithfulness. Amen? So what I want to do first is this. I want to... Extend an invite to anybody that has never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because you need him. That's where it starts. That's when you can start fixing your eyes on him. And the Apostle Paul who wrote Romans, the same one that wrote about God's great love in chapter 8 and chapter 10, he gives us the way. How do, we, how do we receive Jesus as our Savior? Well, he says it's very simple. He says, when you believe that Jesus went to the cross for your sins, that he died for you, that he rose again, he says, when you believe that and confess it with your mouth, he says, you are saved. If you took your last breath, you'd be in heaven with him, with Jesus. But you need to make that decision here. So I'm going to do this prayer. I'm going to lead us in this prayer. We're all going to repeat it. And if you pray this for the first time, your life is just beginning. Amen? So just repeat after me. Father God, I believe that you sent Jesus 
to go to the cross for my sins, to pay for my sins. Jesus died for me, and then he rose again. Jesus, come into my heart and be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And Father, I pray for everybody in here. Maybe they're going through something. They have some discouragement. They're going through some difficulty. That you strengthen them. That they will start speaking, Father, your word. Father, they will watch their self-talk. Father, and that they will fix their eyes upon Jesus each and every day, Lord. Not on the circumstances, but on who you are. On who your son is, God. I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, that when we come out of whatever we're going through, we'll be stronger. We'll be able to use that to help others as well. And we just thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what are we going to do? We're going to watch our self-talk. You're going to go find three to five scriptures when you get home. And whatever you're going through, you're going to stand on them. And if you're not going through anything, that's awesome. Go find some scriptures on certain things. So when a storm comes, you'll, they'll be right there for you to go to. And fix your eyes on Jesus each and every day. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory at newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today.